2: Welcome to the Road to Wire NBA Podcast. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. It is Thursday, February 1st. We are sponsored currently by DraftDaily.com. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit about them later. But first, uh, today is a day that you know. I think you know James weighs heavily on my heart, weighs heavily on a lot of NBA fans' hearts. Tractor Trailer would have been 41 years old today. Um, he passed away, on, unfortunately, in, in May of 2011. Um, but he would have been 41. Um, so I'd just kind of like to take a, a few moments of silence before we begin to, to honor tractor trailer. Okay. Thank you for your time. Uh, a lot to get to today. Uh, let's start with the Blake trade. We won't spend a ton of time on this. Alex and I sussed it out pretty good on Tuesday. Um, and pretty much every podcast that covers the NBA in some capacity, I'm sure, uh, has looked at every angle of this trade, but you and I haven't really spoke too much about it. It's been a busy week uh here at Road to Wire HQ. What's next for the Clippers? You know, I think this this means for Detroit that, you know, there's a there's a lot of angles you can look at. Obviously they they got the the big fish, I guess, flipped a couple of uh, you know, good rotation players in, in Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, and of course that first round pick to get him. Um and it was obviously a move made that somewhat out of desperation for the Pistons, but for the Clippers you know, this is the first time, at least in the, the modern era of the Clippers, which, you know, you can go back eight, nine years, basically since they drafted Blake Griffin uh, and emerged from, you know, three decades, basically, of, of irrelevance. This is the first time that they're kind of accepting that they might head back into that, into that range, you know, for, even if it's only for a couple of years. Um, I mean, is that the takeaway you got, you know, by them trading someone who they signed to a $150 million extension just a few months ago?
1: Yeah, I think it was a pretty genius move by them, and I think that they probably knew or at least had an inkling all along that Stan Van Gundy would be willing to take on Blake's contract, even if it didn't look like it was going to age very well as long as he was healthy. So they probably appeased Steve Ballmer by locking him up and trying to go for it, and then were able to convince him just by looking at you know their their current mm-hmm. record and... The pieces they had and and just kind of push for clearing as much cap space as possible for the summer of 2019 i mean that that seems like the the obvious route here is i mean they, they'll be able to give mm-hmm. you know any three free agents they should have room to give them all close to max money mm-hmm. and you know it's la so if you get three guys to kind of agree to play to play with each other i mean there aren't going to be a ton of teams that have the kind of space they're going to have so uh maybe if you get you know lebron's obviously not going to go there after this year but say he takes a one-year deal to stay in cleveland takes a one-year deal to go to wherever then if you get a couple other stars hitting free agency he might he might decide to go there in 2019 so i mean i think that's Kind of the obvious move, they're going to get a really good draft pick, presumably, uh, especially next year. I mean, this year they've probably already won
2: too many games to get a top five pick. But well, you have the Pistons pick too. I mean, not that that's going to be a top five pick, but you know, you might not, you might not get Aiton or Bamba or Bagley, but you might be picking eighth and eleventh. You know, yeah, I mean, I, what I happens think with Detroit, right? And and we've
1: we were kind of talking in the office the other day. I I sort of think this is a, about a ten player draft right now uh so if you just if one of those can land in the top 10 that'd be awesome mm-hmm. and you know if it's possible that both end up in the lottery it's possible that both end up in the top
2: 10 i mean there's crazier stuff's happened obviously it's never a bad thing to have multiple first round picks even if even if they're in the 10 to 14 range you know you can package them you can you know you can make you can obviously make the picks you can do whatever you want and it's more flexibility really than the clippers have have ever had under dock i mean in in a lot of ways, you know, when you're a good team, it just kind of you, the, you kind of punt, end up punting the draft. In a lot of ways, I mean, you've seen that over and over with you know LeBron's Heat teams and even Cleveland. It's like when you when you're a perennially good team like that, that's always got guys coming in and out. You're trying to build out your roster. Draft picks kind of just end up going to the wayside, and that's that was kind of the case with the Clippers, where they were, you know, they had picks that they had sent out in previous years that end up you know conveying, and it, it just like when's the last time the Clippers have like homegrown. A rotation player you know i mean like yeah obviously blake but that was we, he was drafted in what 2009 you know it's like they had, they're not a team that is that has added a, a patrick mccaw type or a jordan bell type or any number of spurs no. draft picks 25 through 35 you they're know
1: kind of kind of remini- reminiscent to like the grizzlies like yeah. where they just they just cannot for the life of them draft a competent rotation player right. in the top 20 or 30 picks of the draft i mean it's fine to not it's fine to struggle, like in the second round. I mean, some teams are better at it than others in terms of finding guys after the top twenty-five, thirty picks or so. But if even if you're year after year after year picking in the twenties, you know every three or four years you should be able to hit on a guy that is yes. at least like a, a sixth or seventh man for you. So, I mean, that that's just it's an awful track record, obviously.
2: Right? Exactly. I think it's unrealistic to to look at any team, and you know, exp- and you know, if you're picking in. 20 to 30 every single year you're just not going to hit on that many guys but you you know once every three to four years you should at least be landing you Mm. know a bobby portis or a larry nance you know guys who go 25 27 22 like not you're not you're not gonna get you know a Giannis or donovan mitchell and i know those guys were you know mid first round picks but no one's expecting you to to define those guys in the 20s you just need to find danny greens you know guys who can at least contribute and that, that was one of the issues with the clippers is like a lot of teams that are perennially good, they're very top heavy. And now we're kind of starting to see with this new front office regime, I think they want to build a team, you know, or at least kind of go into this mini rebuild a little more traditionally and build out, you know, a 10 to 12 player roster with with contributors and utilize the G League, things that Doc Rivers was just never all that interested in doing. Yeah. I mean, I
1: think it wouldn't be surprising just given the people in charge of the Clippers right now, if, we look up in like three or four years and talk about them the same way we talk about like the Celtics and the Spurs and the Warriors right now just kind of model franchises that don't really make bad decisions Mm -hmm. all that often and you know when you're in when you're in LA that's really all you have to do is just not make bad decisions yes hit on the occasional draft pick and
2: you should be okay. Right. And you can talk about the, the Lakers have done some <laughs> of those things like the Lakers, oddly enough, have done very well drafting, you know, like the Kuzma pick and the Nance pick. You know, they're they're like later first round picks yeah. have been good. They're higher first round picks. Maybe not so much. I mean, not not that any of these guys have been bust necessarily. Right. Um, you know, I, I think when you're picking in the top three, three years in a row, you'd ideally like to come away with like a town's level asset um and instead you know it's been russell ball and ingram who are all fine and you know are still early in their careers
1: oh and yeah, and randall like randall he was, what seven pick. or eight yeah. yeah i mean it it's the ingram the ingram pick i don't i mean what are you gonna do like it, it, he was just if the, they weren't the picking far, two whoever far, was picking far, two is gonna far take away yeah. number
2: two player right, right well and guess, the other like. thing with ingram too is like would you really, really rather have Jalen Brown? Like, you can make the argument. Like, I like Jalen Brown Mm -hmm. a lot. I think it's, you know, you can kind of go either way. But it's not like there's three guys that went in the top ten and you're like, I can't believe they passed up on those guys. It just wasn't a great lottery. And then, you know, Russell, I think you could argue that
1: they should have taken Porzingis. But like so. I don't think – no, I mean, well, obviously they should have. But I don't think anyone – even in the league at the time mm-hmm. was thinking of Porzingis as a guy that would go right. two. Like I, if anything, I thought Russell was kind of closer to mm-hmm. Towns than he was to Porzingis. Yep. And I think a lot of people kind of agreed with that. Well the fact that
2: Porzingis didn't go three says a lot about that. You know, it's like at yeah. least they didn't take Okafor too. No.
1: And the team the team picking three, like the team that mm-hmm. was trying to hit it out of the park with a with a superstar, right, still passed on Porzingis. Yeah. So uh strangely enough that i mean it it's hard to really put too much fault on the the lakers for that but yeah like they at least have
2: hit on these picks in that range where the clippers have not been hitting do you think if they had taken tatum at 2 that you know would they'd be looked at as a more attractive destination because the narrative over the last few weeks especially as lonzo's been out the lakers have completely fallen off a cliff in all areas they're just getting run off the court by basically everyone on a nightly basis and the narrative is now like you can't rule them out because it's the Lakers and because this has been a story for two years with LeBron, but like the roster and the way things are going, you know, is just not at all what you, if you're LeBron, what you would want to walk into. Like, would it be different if they had taken Tatum and you have Tatum, Kuzma, you still have Randall, you still have Ingram, you got Clarkson, you got Nance. Like, is the, is the difference from ball to Tatum enough that it would really move the needle? Well, I think you and I, weren't we saying when,
1: when did we make our sort of rockets pick? like that was a long time ago when we were kind of saying that the, LeBron to the Rockets. Yeah. The, the oh, La- well, well, like yeah. I remember ago. we, we kind of ranked like the potential LeBron right. destinations. And to me, the Lakers were just never all that realistic because of the roster. And that was back when, you know, we probably thought even a bit higher of, of some of these guys. I don't, th- I don't see Tate Tatum moving that needle. I mean, LeBron is just not at a stage in his career. Well, he's not like, he's not the type of guy that wants to play with rookies in the first place or, mm-hmm. or young players in the first place but he's also just he doesn't have time like at this right. stage like five years ago
2: you could have maybe sold him on like a tatum kuzma uh, yeah like looking back but- i'm sure lebron probably wishes he would have done more of that you yeah. know not not that there was ever yeah you know, i mean maybe like the wiggins love thing you know who knows how that turns out i i think i think both sides came out okay with that mm-hmm. you know it's like i the Timberwolves probably came out better I th- just I because thought, they weren't going to keep Love.
1: Like, I thought the Timberwolves like won that in a landslide yeah. back then. And, like, Wiggins has just not been as good as right. even people that were kind of lukewarm on him thought he was going to be. Yep. So, I, that one hasn't looked as bad for LeBron. Right. Although I mean, Love's you, been a two time All Star. Right. You'd rather have, I think you'd probably Three rather times. have Wiggins against the Warriors just for yeah. that specific uh, that's, that's matchup. That's the thing. And
2: no but. one. No one back in twenty fourteen was was thinking about oh, well, they're gonna play the Warriors the next four years. What should they do to prepare for that? You know, like it's it's really unbelievable how quickly that you know, that came Mm -hmm. up, that Warriors storyline. There's just I mean, LeBron's
1: so good that I think every team even teams that like like the Spurs who we just kind of write off as like, Well, they did the Gasol and Aldridge things, like they can't. I think every team like if LeBron tells them like what he told the Cavs, where it's just like, Well, make the make the room for me and then I'll decide. Mm-hmm. Like, every team will the smart teams will, I think, be able to find a way. Like the Rockets, if if they if he tells them, like, get the space, like they'll attach however many first rounders it takes to get rid of Ryan Anderson. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it it's there's gonna be teams that kind of clear the decks and give him better options than we're currently seeing, but I just I almost think he would do a one year deal with the Cavs to rather than go to the Lakers at this point, even though I, just, I think both both I think both things are very unlikely, but right. it's just, I just why like, would you go to all, the Lakers to play with this team and win like if you just put LeBron on this on this Lakers team, all these young guys take take off Julius Randle, obviously.
2: Uh what are they, like a forty two win team next year? I think you could argue that the way like this Cleveland team has played that the the supporting cast would it could almost it could it could be if things would break right like a like a Kyrie in Boston situation where things run through LeBron you have all these young guys who are around him and if they play a you know a little bit above their heads it could go well but yeah still I mean that team isn't beating the Rockets it's, it's probably not beating the Spurs it's certainly not beating the Warriors and then you're kind of back to square one
1: yeah it it just it seems like even if LeBron wants to go to the Lakers at some point I think he takes a one-year deal somewhere else and, like, tells them, like, hey, you have...
2: Wherever he's going... Make this more... Right. He's not going to walk into any situation, whether it's LA, Houston, I mean, even Cleveland at this point. He's not walking in anywhere thinking, all right, well, we'll build this in two... You know, maybe in two years, I'll, I'll recruit someone next summer. Like, no, he's going there when he knows that at least one other superstar, in his mind, probably two are going there like he's not he's not in any situation that you know that's going to require building at all you know i think that part of his career is over it's been over since 2009 every situation and every season he's gone into he's had you know he's played in the east but he's had a top two you know probably Mm -hmm. top one in terms of talent roster and i don't think he's willing to change that as he gets older no it's
1: he's he's keeping it 100 and it's it's gonna be I, i think it's gonna be the rockets <clears throat> the rockets are making more and more sense by the day i can't i just can't think of another team that has the a, a potential to win 50 plus games with him the room to add him like I mean, what
2: about the spurs
1: well i i actually am kind of a pretty big believer in the notion that i don't think he would want to play for greg popovich in a 82 game season just because i think that like lebron's amazing but you don't really get to coach when lebron's on your team like he's kind of he kind
2: of i think i think they both would would love the idea of it and then in practice it would not work nearly as well as you'd think i think popovich would be
1: i think he would tell lebron like all the right things like he would say like you know, look look at what I've done with LaMarcus Aldridge this year where I've kind of – you know, I tried to fit him into our system. It didn't work, so I let him be himself. Like, I'd kind of do that with you. But I just I – I don't see – it's just – it's so rigid. Like, I rem- remember, like, the – was it the first year in Miami where, like, Eric Spolstra was, like, trying to install this offense and, like, they kind of yeah. tried to get him fired because he was trying to tell LeBron, like, to do – Yep. run the non-LeBron offense like that's yeah. that's just sort of how I see that going so I, d- I don't see and it would be one thing if San Antonio was in you know if the Spurs were the Lakers I think I, I could see him talking himself into sure. it a bit more than the idea of him playing in San Antonio I I just don't really see that so I think Houston for just so many reasons makes a lot of sense uh I, ca- I can't you know, like even like a team, like I could see if the Blazers had made like a lot of smart moves over the past three years, like I could LeBron's see. LeBron's not
2: living in Portland, Oregon, but I, but it's right by the Nike headquarters. Like I, true. I could sort of see. But Dame's an Adidas guy. Uh, that's true. And McCollum is like a leading guy. Well, KD, you know, you KD know went is, to play with the Under Armour guy. That's true. You know who? Uh, that's KD though. You know, it's not LeBron. <laughs> Um, LeBron would never go to the You world. know who signed to LeBron's agency that plays in San Antonio? Shante Murray.
1: Yeah. Him so. and – well, those two guys were –
2: dapping each other up that whole game the other what was that a couple weeks ago now yeah um, i think he's uh, Dejounte is one of about 30 players in the league who re- lebron refers to on instagram as young king <laughs> everyone's yeah. a young king to him. i mean he's definitely one of the young
1: guys in the league where you could see lebron like texting him after big games and say a lot of typos know, like, yeah. lot of. <laughs> <laughs> man killed him out there tonight i mean sheesh <laughs> like the, the the mavericks to me like if they had the pieces like that's a team i could see him
2: going to organizationally yes i think the mavs if they had any any better roster than they have now would be (laughs) it would be an option like i think he probably respects mark cuban you know what he's accomplished off the court i think he probably respects rick carlisle although that that would be another coaching situation i don't know if carlisle would be would be on board with lebron's antics
3: uh I think that would be a better not even in game. Mm
2: -hmm. Like everything that LeBron and LeBron's like entourage bring. I mean you've heard you hear the stories over the years of like things that just (laughs) become normal if you're on a team with LeBron that just don't happen anywhere else. I don't know. I I think
1: Carlisle is actually probably more lenient with off court stuff than he might look like he is. Like I I just to me it's all about does he fit into like that's why the whole Rondo thing didn't work because like Rondo just refused to play like the style they wanted to play, and he couldn't shoot like that. I mean, I think the Mavs would be a fine fit if they had the pieces. I'd like the Sixers even. I don't think he goes there. Like the, we were talking about, would he go to the Lakers with their young core? To me, I think you would almost view the Sixers as like being too young and like not wanted wanting to deal with Ben Simmons and uh, Marco Fultz and that type of thing. So mm. it, it's just there's very very. Very few options. The the wizards are all maxed out. Um, I mean, the Knicks don't have the pieces.
2: That's that's what's also and we brought this up before, but like teams like the Knicks and the Lakers, like all they had to do <laughs> yeah. was just not put themselves in a <laughs> horrible cap situation right. and like not completely botch their rosters, and they, yeah. they have not been able to do it. Like right. I think the Knicks I,
1: were just like <laughs> the joke and Noah signing away from LeBron, like almost being a lock to go there. I and have
2: you have you heard one? legitimate report one like anyone on tv on podcast say like like lebron and the knicks that could happen like they're not even no. they're not even brought up whatsoever in this no. conversation the it, team in the biggest media market like in the... lebron porzingis hardaway right like. <laughs> think of how think of if they didn't have noah if they didn't have the hardaway contract how easy it would be to say oh lebron wants to play with porzingis he can bring paul george with he can him bring like any anyone. two guys
1: he wants and like Porzingis because right. he's still on the rookie. And you have like,
2: you have one of your big three guys who's still in a rookie deal. I mean, like it would make it would make so much sense. And I'm of the belief that LeBron I think wanted to go to New York or at least very heavily considered going to New York in two thousand ten. And what was the situation back then? It's exactly the same right. as it was now. He he wasn't gonna go there because they had a trash roster. All, all they should have done, like when they hired
1: uh Phil Jackson, like his only job. I mean, I guess you wouldn't. You wouldn't hire a guy like Phil Jackson if this was his only job. Uh, but all you had to do in that job was just like, don't bring on any long term salary. Just, just clear, clear everything. Just what did keep, you do? Just keep it clear. Just keep, keep everything clear. LeBron <laughs> will come here if we just keep it,
2: keep the salary clear. It's just, like, oh nope, I'm signing Joe Kim Noah on 1201 on. Like, <laughs> the was first the belief day of free agency. to the Knicks in the Knicks' defense <laughs> hypothetically was the belief in 2016? Well, he just won in Cleveland. He's, he's just going to finish his career there. you like, was there no foresight to think? At, also, at any you point? could tell even like the first year he went to
1: Cleveland, just the moves they were making, like they were totally screwing themselves long term. So yes. it wasn't going to remain
2: a sustainable exactly. situation to win. I mean, so, this is yeah. this has turned out almost to a T, like Miami, right? Right. I mean, Lose this. is the finals the first time, win it. I mean, obviously, they won two in Miami, but like the way that things fizzled out in year four in Miami is pretty reminiscent of this. I mean, obviously, that Heat team was better in the regular season, but it's pretty easy to see this Cavs team finishing out that season like the 2014 Heat did. This is kind of a good transition to like
1: the thing that's bugged me uh, quite a bit this week, specifically just because of a couple moves. Like, how are NBA front offices, like not all of them, obviously, but I mean, at least. 10 to 15 of them seem to just be run very poorly and it's 2018 like what what's going on like and we we talk about this uh like in baseball it's kind of sort of sad now because like all the front offices have evolved to the point that they don't really make dumb signings or dumb trades because they're all run by basically the same you know, forty-five-year-old Ivy League guy that just has his head in a computer twenty-four-seven. uh Nerds is the yeah. word you're looking <laughs> yeah. for. Yeah, just huge, like privileged nerds. And in the NBA, you have like owners, just complete absentee owners. Who, the like the Pelican situation. It's kind of clear that Dell Demps is going to get fired if he doesn't make the playoffs
2: this year. Can we, like, I think so. so I think you can say that about Detroit too,
1: right? And and. If you're the owner and you tell your GM that, you're basically telling him go ahead and and screw the screw the franchise right. long term, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. Like it's fine if you make a ton of terrible decisions that are right. going to hurt us long term. We just want you to get to 42 wins.
2: <laughs> I always what is the reason for that, do you think? And I'm sure it varies by owner, but if if you're who's the Pelicans owner? Is it still Benson? Yeah. Tom Benson the guy who owns the Saints? Yeah. yeah. Like this is he sitting there thinking, like, I'm sick of my other owner friends making the playoffs? It's embarrassing for me. Like, what what goes through your head to... Because the GM it's, or somebody well, in the organization has to say, okay, we'll listen to you. You're the owner, but you know what this is going to mean. And people just still do it anyway. I think it's... There are so many layers to the New Orleans thing that make it possibly
1: the worst run franchise yeah. in pro sports where, like, the football side, like, the Saints people have say in some decisions. Well, like, of course, yeah. time. Benson apparently is like a borderline vegetable at this point. Like he's just barely alive and like isn't coherent enough to even be putting out these like orders. So, uh, and like his his new wife is apparently like all the all of his kids are like frozen out of his like assets. It's, it's very complicated, is this like
2: a, like a Nick Newport situation it, on Parks
1: and Rec. Ca- yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah, and and um, it's just that like the only thing to do with the Pelicans. Would you like could you make an argument for any other move for the Pelicans' long term health than to trade Anthony Davis like right away, like to the Celtics immediately?
2: Are you saying that would be a good or a bad thing? That to me that's the only move. I mean yeah, the way the cap works out, like yeah. They're so screwed, they they can't do anything. Like they're they're gonna But that's just such a that's such like a admittance of failure. To, I your know, base, oh, to your fan base like what well, happens if well, they trade davis like oh it's an what?
1: admittance of failure if del demps but he's failed Dell right. del demps has failed it's not a it's not a debatable like he i would has, never suggest that del demps <laughs> hadn't failed he has absolutely failed and the best way to try to recover from his failure is to get a ton of assets for anthony davis right now you don't want to trade anthony davis like they're going to eventually have to trade him yep Probably in the final year of his deal, yep. when there's only two bidders, because You're trade he, him
2: for Buddy healed The only, the only two,
1: like the only teams that are that that they'll trade him to are teams that think they can
2: re-sign him. Whereas mm-hmm. if you trade him now, you can trade him to any team in no, the league. I agree. It's, I think it's, it's very much going to be a lot like that Demarcus situation. It's gonna, yeah. it could end oh, yeah. up being like Kevin Love, and like yeah. rarely does that work out for the team that that currently has the player no the it only worked out for the wolves because of oh, an extremely unique situation
1: the only time i can think of like in recent memory it being a well the the mellow nuggets one was pretty good for the nuggets but that was that's well
2: that's the kind of haul you need to get back for davis like if you're gonna do it like they basically got like three starters Annex
1: the darren williams hall in yep. utah like but those uh particularly the darren williams one the reason they got that haul was because they did it proactively like they weren't waiting around mm-hmm. till like the last year they did it when nobody thought they were going right. to do it well that's the thing the you can start haul. a
2: bidding war because not only are the celtics interested in a guy who has two plus years left on his deal like any number of teams are willing yeah, to take if that, you just say if, you're a bad team. if you just
1: say hey like anthony davis is on the table the celtics obviously want him you're gonna have to top the celtics yes. offer and someone might like then you have who knows what packages could you could get that's the
2: thing like with i think it would be a bad move in a vacuum to trade davis but who knows like if there's a deal out there you know it's gonna it's gonna look bad for the franchise to the fan base no matter what if you trade him but if you do the right deal you know things could turn around fairly quickly and i you know the, the the stink i guess of failing with anthony davis is still gonna be there but if you if you do it right you can come out of that okay if you wait too long you know things just like it just it gets and and this is where it, we we can talk about how bad ownership is
1: because if if you had a competent ownership group you would have already fired Dell Demp so that he could stop trying to save his job right <laughs> and then you would bring in someone and you'd basically say hey you do whatever you think is best like you, you have four mm-hmm. or five years to kind of get this thing turned around. You don't have to keep Anthony Davis. Like we're not gonna just just do whatever. Like it's it's fine. Whereas mm-hmm. right now, their current guy pulling the strings can't
2: fire or can't trade Anthony Davis because that's yep. basically sealing his own fate. What's better than fantasy sports? The future of fantasy sports. The Fantasy Gold Team is bringing you just that. Welcome to DraftDaily.com. dot com. It's crypto it's currency, it's sports. DraftDaily.com is the new standard in the fantasy sports industry with almost non-existent fees, 100% trackable transactions, and 0% risk of chargebacks. We are taking the industry by storm and making the game we all love, both safer and cheaper to play. We brought fantasy sports and blockchain technology together to create the ultimate user experience and platform in DraftDaily.com. On DraftDaily, our users can play without worry. And without fees, digging into your profits, DraftDaily.com introduced cryptocurrencies to the masses. What better way to do so than merge crypto with fantasy sports? On DraftDaily, you can play and win cryptocurrency. Secure your place in history. Play on DraftDaily.com today, where players and the game they love are the focus. So as we're recording here, I just came across the bottom line uh, on ESPN. And this was reported, I think, by Chris Haynes earlier today that... This isn't even a story, but because it's LeBron and because it's the Warriors, it's a story. Uh, basically, the crux of it, and you'll probably see a hundred different headlines that make it seem like it's not this, is that people people close to LeBron believe that he would at least think about meeting with Golden State this <laughs> summer. And basically, that in the last three hours, that's become LeBron to the Warriors, lock it in. Um, but, if you, I mean, obviously, that's not the case. If you read the report, it essentially says people believe LeBron would would meet with the Warriors basically because why not? Because mm-hmm. he respects what they've built, and I think everybody does. Still, to me as a as a LeBron fan, that's a terrifying <laughs> proposition, and I would hate that more than anything. Man, you would have to eat so many words. I don't even know what I would do. I, I would. <laughs> I would. I would have to find a completely new like set of beliefs. You'd have to just make the official transition to being a lonzo ball fan i think it would i don't know johnny o'brien is, <laughs> is in the rotation finally I, I really don't know what i would do i couldn't i couldn't i could not root for a warriors team with lebron kd and Steph. that's insane <laughs> right that wouldn't even be fun no it's not fun now with the warriors this would make it even less fun see i think i
1: still think it's fun with the current group uh but that why? that would even push why?
2: it over the top for me why is the current group fun because I like the way they all play. Wasn't it way more fun when it was? It was. Steph I mean, it wasn't and, way more fun. It was. It they was were probably, still the best team in the was probably, league. That was still that was so much more fun. It was
1: probably the most fun then, and now
2: it's just only dropped off a little bit for me. Wasn't it fun when they had a legitimate foil? When they were like, wouldn't it have been awesome? The 2017 last year's finals would have been so much fun if it was Cleveland and Golden State basically running it back, one-one through the first two rubber match. And no, it was ruined. You just don't like it. You just don't like it because the Cavs don't have a chance. I would no. I I know this sounds like like (laughs) an easy an easy thing to say now, but like I wouldn't want Kevin Durant to join that Cavs team two summers ago. That would have been that wouldn't. I would have felt the same way about him joining the Cavs as the Warriors. That would have been weird. I wouldn't want. And this isn't about Durant necessarily because you know I I'm on board with the he can play whatever he whatever he wants. It's his choice, which it is. And it's hard to turn down joining a team that's basically going to guarantee you a ring. I just as a as a fan it just it cheapens it a little bit.
1: I I just I kind of really want LeBron to go to Houston. I think so too. Just because, because I think that would be the most fascinating. Yep. Although it would I really don't know how LeBron and Harden and CP would play together and that's not even a lock right. that CP would be on that team. Uh but Exactly. It just I would, think he be, would though. It would be interesting to see cuz it would it, it would be like a very fair fight. And, yeah i think i think it would i but still think the i kind of still think the warriors would win just because i think the pieces fit better Well, the warriors the, have a fourth guy
2: a... too right this uh, this rockets team would be built wait pj tucker or well that's the thing yeah it's like it's <laughs> pj tucker versus clay slash draymond you know or ryan anderson versus clay slash draymond or well, ariza that... Ariza's... ariza versus clay thompson <laughs> who would you rather have you know what i'm saying like the fourth guy is still way better than anyone else that's what makes the war this current version of the Warriors so good Is like other teams can put together big twos and big threes, but the fourth guy for the Warriors is an all-star, a perennial all-star, and like arguably a top mm-hmm. fifteen to twenty player. You know, and as, I love Trevor Reese. I think he's super underrated and has been for a long time. But he's not Clay Thompson. No, he's not. I will say, and I've I've thought about this quite a bit. Like, how are we going to look back at this era with like Let's say LeBron goes to Houston. No matter where he goes, he's playing. He's going to play with another superstar in the next year or two, probably two or three more superstars Mm -hmm. like is it going to be strange to look back in 10 years and be like okay lebron played with dwayne wade first ballot hall of famer chris bosh first ballot hall of famer then he went and played with kevin love who might be a hall of famer kyrie who's a hall of famer and who you know who knows where his career will what will look like in 10 years then he played with james harden who's a hall of famer then he played with chris paul like Mm -hmm. is it going to be weird when all these like big time superstars from one era all played together because if you look (laughs) back at the 90s it's like you know you have this group of Shaq Malone Kobe all these guys they all have their identity with one maybe Mm. two teams there's very few like top 50 players ever who have one played together and two have like had separate legacies in like three or four different cities I don't think the guys playing together is
1: necessarily going to be weird I think it's going to be more the thing where you're just like wait which team did they like which team do you think of so and so as right where it's just like this guy was awesome and he spent six really good years here, six really mm-hmm. good years here, five really good years here. It's just going to be kind of weird in that sense because right. there was only a handful of guys back in the day that split time between that many teams mm-hmm. and even even guys like you know Scotty Pippen, Charles Barkley Patrick Ewing who played for like several teams you still they they had their prime with one Exactly.
2: Team. All those guys like like you said, Scotty Pippen, you know, had his little Blazers moonlight. You know, Charles Barkley was still really good. I think Charles Barkley had two kind of like he was awesome in Philly and yeah. was it sti- went to the finals with Phoenix. And then, you know, still had a couple good years with Houston. But like there are not many guys like Paul George switch teams you know and played with two other superstars in the middle of his prime lebron james has switched mm-hmm. teams you know is going to switch teams for probably the third time in his prime durant at the absolute apex of his career switches teams yeah steve nash switched S- teams a couple times yeah. right <laughs> well i mean he's kind of he was a real pioneer <laughs> like how dallas maverick steve nash feels like 30 years ago it does it does seem like and a long time ago i mean it's what almost 20 years ago yeah. huh yeah. when did he leave dallas before oh, what was that Oh five. five I mean, it was obviously before yeah, the Mavs played in the finals in 06, and he wasn't Oth- on that team. 03, 04, that's yeah. about right. Crazy. But, yeah, it's going to be weird. I, don't, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's, people are going to penalize these guys legacy-wise because it's all because of the Warriors, right? I mean, it turned into an arms race, and these guys had to play together to compete.
3: Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer credit card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: It's a different, I mean, it's a different league. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's worse. or I, I think it would be nice if teams were smarter so that more teams could, Kind of be in these sweepstakes, like when a guy like LeBron becomes available, it would shouldn't just
2: be two teams and they're both horrible. It would be awesome
1: if there were like five or six really good, like teams that had cleared all the space and had all these great young assets and everything like that, and he was just really, you know, weighing it and like having a hard time. It's not just LeBron;
2: like obviously he's the kingpin, but there are other players become free agents. Like Kawhi is going to be a free agent in two years. Like there are other Durant is kind of doing like the year to year. Not that he is has any interest in leaving, but he could.
1: Like there are more teams that have screwed themselves in this hunt than have helped themselves. It's it's insane to me. I the just think it makes no it. sense.
2: And and I will agree, I wasn't thinking when they signed Joe Kim Noah, my first thought wasn't, oh well that takes him out for LeBron in two years. But they should be thinking that. Your job is to think about that if you're a front office. And it's what? just it's appalling. What's the
1: how many teams are there in the league where it doesn't matter how good of a situation they create? Like a LeBron James just
2: isn't going there. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna sort by win percentage in the West. Okay. He's not. He wouldn't go to Sacramento. No. Phoenix. And I, I mean, just like team, like
1: he would not go there because he would not live there. Yeah, like people right. say That's that about like LeBron and the Bucks. Yeah. He won't go to Milwaukee. Is is what everyone pretty much assumes. Like how many do you, teams do are do you believe there? That I believe that i think i believe that but how many teams are there where i think the bucks look if the bucks were in 20 other nba cities i think they would be one of the leading candidates to get lebron yes. if the bucks how, were
2: located in dallas right like, now how, how yes. many
1: teams with the bucks core would not be
2: able to get lebron because of their the kings no okay kings memphis no memphis no Phoenix is interesting because he he think, met with Phoenix. I think like he was would, very underreported. Phoenix is a Phoenix is a I think guys NBA want, players like Phoenix. I think yeah. people want to play there, but yeah. they are they've been so incompetent that right. like like Blake met with Phoenix. You know, I mean Kyrie would seem like he didn't want to go there, but probably more for management reasons. Like people consider Phoenix in free agency. I think, if, I think if Phoenix had the Bucks, yeah, if they switched rosters, yep. I think absolutely they would absolutely be in play. He would never go to Utah. So that goes without saying. That's three. Denver, I don't know. Is LeBron a weed guy? i don't think he's a weed <laughs> guy that doesn't seem like it's striving uh, for greatness i mean
1: being a weed guy doesn't mean you have to go to or like i think guys that are weed guys can can be <laughs> weed know, guys anywhere.
2: <laughs> yeah um speaking of which didn't wasn't it odd that after the finals last year that story about the Cavs locker room just like blatantly reeking of weed just like blew over i thought that was that was very underreported like it came out and people were like oh that's weird i I'm didn't like, does that just happen i actually didn't even hear like about Windhorse that. brought that up like fairly recently on a on a recent podcast and like they, just in passing you know and i remember thinking like oh yeah I, I remember hearing about that and then it just wasn't a story at all classic shannon Maybe that's Cry. just how yeah <laughs> oh god well this was pre-jose calderon i don't know <laughs> derrick rose wasn't on the team uh i, I, I don't think, think, think i think denver's borderline sure yeah i think they're kind of in the phoenix territory like denver's i think they're below city. i think they're below phoenix okay portland no. I think he would. I honestly think he would. Maybe New Orleans?
1: I think New Orleans is a no. OKC? I think no
2: I think OKC is a no. It would have to be an extremely good circumstance. Right. I'm just use Minnesota? the Bucks use the Bucks roster as like the barometer. Yeah. Uh, no then. Yeah. Minnesota no. No. San Antonio, I think yes. Houston yes. Golden State yes. Atlanta? Atlanta, you never really know about. Do people like Atlanta? Like bad crowd? I think Atlanta's but in good play. City.
1: Got like a really good, really good hip hop scene, really good strip club scene. Huge strip club um, scene. I think Pitt, Detroit's out. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte's out.
2: Orlando? I think Orlando's in play. No state income tax. Uh, I remember a story from, the, out. from that Shaq and Penny documentary that all those guys in the 90s just lived on one lake and, and, and would jet ski to jet each ski? other's yeah. house. So like that that That's, alone, that image yeah, alone would make yeah. me want to live that there. That should be a
1: sitcom. Yes. Um, Brooklyn? I think. I honestly think Toronto's in play. Guys yep. like Toronto. Toronto Brooklyn's, now, Brooklyn's definitely in play. Yeah. Toronto's come
2: a long way, it mm. seems like, in the NBA like hierarchy in the last five or ten years.
1: And I mean Cleveland would be out except for that's where he's from. Yeah. So I think there's yeah, so there's about there's about eight teams where no matter what they could do in terms of they could be the smartest team ever and LeBron's not going there. But the mm-hmm. other twenty two don't have any excuse. Exactly. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it, I mean, honestly, that it it is a good point. Um, all right, well, let's talk Miritich real quick. Nikola Miritich did get traded today. Uh, we had a false alarm, a prank trade earlier this week. Uh, and now it's basically not the same trade, but the framework is the same. Um, the Bulls are sending Miritich to New Orleans. The Pelicans are sending Omer Asik's contract, Tony Allen's contract, Jameer Nelson's contract. Uh, and I think that's it. And then a first-round pick. Pretty sure Tony Allen's getting waived. Pretty sure Jameer's getting waived. Ashik, I don't know. I mean, I, the Bulls aren't really in a position where they need to clear all that much cap space, so they might just wait that out, you know, maybe try to stretch it at some point. But, um, I mean, Ashik is kind of a, a dinosaur when it comes to bad contracts. Like, his his deal, like, in terms of total money doesn't look all that bad. But at the time it was signed, I mean, it's been a huge, huge albatross for new orleans for many years it was so
1: bad that the money seems like it could have been signed last summer right when all the like current bad deals were signed it was just so ahead of its, were ahead of the it was curve so ahead it's, of its like, time in terms of how bad it was <laughs> and how big it was and how long it was it was just i mean a, a really transcendently bad mm-hmm. deal
2: i i and i tweeted this the <laughs> other day like ashik in a lot of ways paved the way for guys like dang and Osgoff. Maz yeah And Noah. And and that deal was uh,
1: Yeah, Noah. Like, that deal was so bad that they. Was it the first year of the deal where they realized he was unplayable? Was it the Uh, second? was about the
2: first, like, hour of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was just, like, He had just
1: signed the deal and they were giving him, like, 15 minutes a game because they couldn't play him. Yeah. (laughs) That was one of the. And then, like, a year later, they were just like, we just can't play you at all.
2: Yep. (laughs) So, Ashik is still owed 10.5 mil this year, 11.2 million next year. And then he only counts for three million against the cap uh, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen twenty, the first round pick that goes to the Bulls, top five protected this year, top eight protected uh, next year, and then unprotected in twenty twenty. So I mean, it's tough to project that. You would think the Pelicans will tread enough water this year that they'll that pick will just convey and it'll be like somewhere from twelve to sixteen, which is fine, I guess, for the Pelicans' purposes. Um pretty good get i think for the bulls i mean if you're you're one of if you're willing to absorb that salary which clearly they are you get a first round pick for a guy who's played 20 games who got punched in the face earlier in the year what were the
1: what were the protections on it again
2: top five this year top eight next year and then unprotected 2020 i mean it'll convey this year but in all likelihood right okay yeah i mean that that could definitely land in the top 10 yeah, it uh, certainly could. I I think that's the thing. You're replacing DeMarcus Cousins with Nikola Miritich, and then it sounds like the Pelicans are probably going to sign Monroe, who's from that area, <laughs> and they can basically just kind of guarantee him 25-plus minutes. Good deal for both sides, I guess. I, I don't know if that combination is really enough, though.
1: I saw some New Orleans, I don't know if he's a beat writer or something, but he was talking about how he actually likes the – Oh. Mir Miritich, oh, no. Miritich Moose. Uh duo Morney like DeMarcus. And <laughs> no, he he was like no. going through he was like, Yeah, you get a Miritich, Monroe, who's fifteen and ten when he starts, and then and then he was like and Hill off the bench. It was like yeah, you think? Solomon Hill? yeah, Solomon Solomon and Hill off the bench. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, unless yeah. this is like 1996 Grant Hill, then I'm not interested. Uh, even Hill, Rod-
2: Rodney Hill at this point. Hill will come off the bench, guys. <laughs> think about that one. Man, that that's a take. Yeah, I mean, are, are the combination of Miritich and Greg Monroe better? who Would than you the rather White's have
1: cousins? cousins or Miritich
2: and Greg Monroe? <laughs> what if I told you you get Miritich at only twelve and a half million next year too? Sly move by Mirtich, by the way, who is basically like, I'm not getting traded unless you pick up my option for next year. Oh yeah, that's, which uh, is great. Yeah, great, great for him. Yeah. I just like this is a good move by the Bulls, and it feels weird yes. to say like good Bulls, move and Bulls. Bulls, and this same is sentence. what's
1: so mind-boggling about how dumb so many of these teams are. The Bulls have like moved into like to the Bulls decidedly not office? dumb. Like <laughs> yeah. they're at worst middle of the pack right now. That. <laughs> <laughs> that, that um jimmy butler trade was great that this is a great trade
2: they're they're just they're making all kinds of i think moves. the bulls front office is officially back <laughs> they're, they're the, back things were pretty rough <laughs> top 10 people front people were office, down in that front office yeah. all summer what a comeback like yeah they, they
1: need to be recognized somehow for because they, they were definitely considered the bottom
2: three bottom four front office things about a year ago. in a hurry in the nba yeah uh yeah I don't know I for New Orleans like they were pretty limited and it's like if you were if you're going to make the call that you want to make a run for a playoff spot like getting Miritich and Monroe is probably the best you can do as sad as that is I like Miritich just like wasn't good like there's no way you could have got a first round pick at the deadline for Miritich before this year he's had a nice 20 game run for a bad team and I I just don't know that you really want (laughs) to you really want to commit to that what would be
1: year. what would be the RotoWire equivalent of Dell Demps? What if, is, I
2: don't, if, what is, if, you have to rephrase the question. Like
1: if you were God. like RotoWire, your boss tells you that you have to do X, Y, and Z, or you're fired, and it just leads to you doing all kinds of terrible stuff. Like you're, oh, right, you're just you have to post like ten articles a day, otherwise you're <laughs> fired, and you're just like boom, 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 like post, boom, 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 post.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it'd just be a lot of aggregating. It's just
1: such yeah. a weird. What other line of work is there where you tell an employee, you need to do a poor
2: job, otherwise I'm going to fire you? <laughs> well, it's basically, you need to do a poor job, but we, and we also need a miracle for it to work or you're fired. <laughs> you have a 0% chance
1: of really pulling this off, mm-hmm. but you need to do... But it needs to work, and it better work or you're out. Like, uh, okay, so... <laughs> It's so bizarre to me. I don't get it.
2: Yep. Okay. Um... So let's talk all-star replacements real quick. Not more just news than anything. Drummond is in for John Wall. Paul George is in for DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, Goran Dragic is in for Kevin Love, who broke his hand the other night. Uh, Are you okay with all those? The Goran Dragic thing doesn't make any sense. Who would you have gone with?
1: It's just – I know we've beaten this to death, but Chris Paul, like I know he's not in the East, but
2: – Well, it doesn't work like that. It's absurd. I mean, if there's like it six guys so in the – It is so absurd. Side, if,
1: you- if you're going to let guys from the East and West play on different teams, the gap between Chris Paul and Drogic this year is just – it's massive. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's like the gap between me and the best player on the team we lost to last night in, in rec hoops. It's just – it's just such a gigantic gulf and –
2: it's such a slap in the face to yeah. talent, and part merit. of me, part of me, kind of wants like DeRozan and Lowry to like, get mono, and then all of a sudden, like Michael K. Chris <laughs> is starting the All Star game. I mean, Chris Middleton's <laughs> not far away from getting. <laughs> well, that's in. the thing. Like we still have another week of games here. Like, <laughs> I mean, Ben Simmons, like I would, I, I would almost bet on him being an All Star at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kemba. I mean Chris Middleton. I know the in.
1: I know the Hornets suck,
2: but Kemba Walker's had a way better year than Goran Dragic. I mean, it, yeah, it's th- just... I mean, this is just a very clear, like, well, the heater in fourth place. I guess we need someone from that team. Trust me. I, I have Drogic on
1: multiple fantasy teams. Mm. He's been bad. He's not been he's not lived up to what I thought
2: I was getting this year. It's been. Huh. I feel the same way about a certain point guard in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Isaiah really thinks he should be in the all star game. He's kind of like mellow in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want? To, should we have, like, a weekly thing where you can rip on Isaiah for
1: 20 seconds?
2: I uh, Honestly, I got most of it out okay. the other night. Okay, good. Um, just <laughs> the four turnovers in the first four minutes of the game against Detroit. That was great. That was really cool of him. I think he was 2 of 15 from the field last night. Did go 9 of 9 at the line. You know, you got to love that. And the, the Cavs did win. But that guy is unwatchable at times. <laughs> I mean, my God, unbelievable how bad he is um i just feel duped i guess is he
1: better or worse than delhi
2: he's better than delhi okay because
1: that's who when you said unwatchable Mm -hmm. i immediately thought of delhi because every time he comes into a bucks game i Mm. get very angry
2: and get very confused yeah palpable (laughs) anger in the arena when that guy (laughs) checks in no i uh i I just can't wait this summer i can't wait for isaiah to sign like a one-year six million dollar deal with utah like, that's coming. Something like that is coming. Because no one's going to give him the five-year, and forty million contract that he's yeah. going to demand. He might yeah. end up sitting out until, like, December. It's...
1: Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what he ends up settling for. And I think He that, would
2: have been better off just not playing this entire year than playing in any games. Yes.
1: Absolutely. And I think there are some players who recently signed max deals who... If they had, like, John Wall, and I know Kyle Lowry's having, like, a good year, but if, if the Raptors had just said, we actually don't really want you anymore, and it had been up to the open market to determine what Kyle Lowry would have gotten, I think he would have gotten, like, he's, three yeah. for 60,
2: something like that, on right. the open market. No, he's lucky that Toronto was kind of in that situation, and, because...
1: And, like, John Wall, I mean, that's a that's right. already a horrible
2: deal, so... I don't know, I'm not i am not John Wall, I don't think, has been close to hundred percent this year. I don't think that's a bad deal, is it? I mean, Horrible deal. Forty million. I mean it's a lot, yeah. Like it's a lot of money for when's, anybody. When's like twenty twenty two. To me to right, me, like right.
1: to give that contract to someone, it almost has to be someone that you're just that's a top ten player at the time he signs and someone you're confident is going to be a top 10 player like three, four years from now. Like it's got to be like a Durant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rook, I, I don't Hart, know that.
2: I felt, but, yeah. I felt pretty good about that wall deal. You know, it's like, what, what else was Washington going to do? Like That's valid. The it's optics just that, that I would don't not think have looked good if they just walked away, I, I just don't think it's a good deal. I think that they're yeah. I don't think that it's a good deal for almost anyone. It's a good deal. If you have LeBron James, who's never heard well, Kevin Durant, let's say
1: this. What if you Curry. had, I mean, if you had just not signed John wall, let him walk. And then all of a sudden you have Beale Porter Ubre all are you a LeBron
2: suitor at that point? I mean, that's a good question. I mean it's I don't know. I mean, does this compare to the the debate that's going on in baseball right now about you know, it's almost like people are like players are starting to like become woke to like, wait a second, or teams is it players or teams that are kind of like realizing how crazy the contract system is for like backloading these contracts and it's you know it's kind of similar to like the Chris Paul deal where he'll be making you know if he were to sign a max this summer he's going to be making 50 million dollars as like a 36 or 37 year old and like you see that in baseball all the time and that's just kind of how it's been mm. like what well, what sparked it, that it's change it's sort of a i'm the gm i
1: don't know how long i'm going to have this job i'd rather us be screwed 4 years from now than you know it's, it's just kind of a short term like put the best team i can together in the short term and hope that it it ends up looking good for me so that mm. this contract that's obviously going to be bad in three or four years i mean albert pujol
2: signed a 10-year 240 million dollar contract at age 32 yeah and he's and
1: that's been he's been dead money for a couple years already and there's what like six years left on that deal so it's just like baseball like th- that's what i was saying earlier in the show is just all the front offices in baseball, like, have decided we're not going to do stupid stuff like that anymore, basically. And in the NBA,
2: we're maybe five years away yeah. from that being a thing. Well, I think in some <laughs> ways, some teams have decided that with, like, big men, you know. Mm-hmm. you know, If you're Al Jefferson or Roy Hibbert, who's not even on a team, you know, it went three years ago, you would have been a coveted player. And then teams kind of universally agreed, we just don't like these type of players. Jalil Okafor is another example. Mm-hmm um so you think eventually that could extend to like contract types rather than player types like we just don't want to commit no matter how good you are we don't want to commit 150 million dollars it's, to one guy
1: it's a it's, there's just this elite elite tier like bryce harper is going to be a free agent next year and all the smart teams are going to back up 400 million dollars to him because he's going to be a free agent at the age of like 26 yeah And all the smart NBA teams would always give LeBron James or Kevin Durant like all the money they want. I think it's just teams are going to start realizing, oh, we should not give the guys that are a tier below that these deals Mm -hmm. because it's just going to tie us up with a guy who are not going to be able to win. Right.
2: Uh, a ring with Well, and i think the idea then is that if you do that every other team does that and then the market kind of resets and they there and eventually there's a gulf between that, the top five guys and then the top because like right well, now and that's what's happening in baseball is all these guys who thought they were
1: going to get a ton of money all of a sudden there's not a market for them yeah. because these teams have gotten so smart so it, it ends up the, the smarter your front offices get the more screwed the players are because yes. they they start getting paid what they're actually worth right and it's just it's it's sort of what, I don't want, I want players to get a lot of money. I'd rather the players have the money than the owners. It's just when you have GMs actively hurting their team's long-term future to try to save their job Mm -hmm. and Stan Van Gundy being in charge of coaching and uh, GMing, it's just, it's so stupid. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's not that I don't want these players to get Mm -hmm. paid. It's just, why are you
2: making trades that are so, so short-sighted? So in basketball right now, the top 20 guys basically get paid the same you know just mm-hmm. doing part because of the salary cap which baseball doesn't have you know like john wall on like a per year basis kyle lowry can make the same as lebron we're like no one's making the argument that they're equally valuable like is the idea that down the road the top there will, will be like a separation at the top where like only the guys who are really really worth the super max get it not just oh we're a team like indiana we're a team like i don't sacramento like we this is our only guy we can give this to we might as well do it like do you really see teams moving away from that? Well, like, I, I think th- I think it could happen.
1: I think there will be. I think age has a has a big part to play in it. Uh, you know, guys like Kyle Lowry, John Wall. I don't think they'll get those types of deals, but I still think guys. You know, Giannis, even even like Giannis, say two years ago, I think teams would still happily max him out because you're getting his entire prime. Uh, it's just it's it's got to do with age and just where you're at. I mean a, a guy like Bradley Beal, like that's that's a good contract because of his age mm-hmm. and just his skill set's going to age really well. Whereas a guy like John Wall, it's just not going to age very well cuz he doesn't shoot and he he doesn't he's kind of in that Westbrook mode of defense now where mm-hmm. he just kind of doesn't really try on that end anymore either. So it's just kind of well you don't want to be tied up with a guy like
2: that. The other risk too is like no matter who you're signing whether it's Durant or you know a lower end max type of guy like Beal is injury like when you're committing that much money to anyone even if they're 100% worth it when they're healthy like what are the odds that that guy over the course of a five-year contract doesn't miss 30 games somewhere in there you know and then all of a sudden it's like wow okay we're paying this guy and like each injury starts adding up like it just it's a lot of money and has there been any like collusion stuff in baseball like do so the players have they like accused the owners or the that, GMs of colluding against signing these guys? That's, that's kind of happening.
1: that's kind of what people have been trying to throw out there as a theory, but I, I just think its teams are they're all thinking the same in terms of value. Like they 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 haven't all decided, hey, let's all just not give Eric Cosmer this contract so that he's forced to sign for this. It's just that independently they've all decided he's not worth what he would have received six seven years ago just because the math doesn't work and 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 it's it's, hard to
2: prove that that's collusion or not collusion.
1: it's like accidental collusion it's they're they're colluding without without right exactly it's not it's not that they've all gotten on the phone or gotten at a big group
2: text and decided to do this they've just all wound up at the same conclusion and well that's the thing it's like even if they're not all talking it's like you don't want to be the team that pays the guy you don't want to be the L- sucker like well you don't want to be the lakers like, <laughs> right. who else is gonna pay luau dang 70 million
1: the funniest part about the the mozgov and dang and no deals were weren't those all done in like the first 24 hours dang of...
2: dang and mozgov i think mozgov specifically was like 10 minutes after the opening bell or whatever you want to call it of free agency and
1: noah's was
2: the minute <laughs> I think, I think
1: like he, him and Phil Jackson met at met in Montana oh, or something like a week before and yeah. hammered out the details. It was ready to go. I think they would
2: just, <laughs> they just needed to fire up the presses. Oh my God. It's just, yeah. And honestly, the Lakers, the fact that the Lakers are still even in this LeBron thing and like very heavily in it is crazy because that could be, su- it would be such a slam dunk for LeBron to go there if they had just not done either of those deals you could
1: have just had a weekend at bernie's situation where just nobody was the gm and they just never they could have just it could have been a vacant role for two years where they you know left it up to some intern to do the draft picks like filing everything if they would
2: have just gone by what draft express said they would probably ended up at about the same spot sure just draft express slash whatever Mike
1: mark stein or whoever was saying people should get on the free agent market Mm -hmm. if you just only
2: been run by what the internet said to do they would be
1: in they would be in okay shape
2: and okay last thing um i think 45 nba scouts that might that number might actually be low we're at the oklahoma game um over the weekend to watch trey young uh, the Cavs sent three scouts of their own including dan gilbert i guess he's like a scout now uh was there <laughs> were they playing and who did they play? It wasn't. They played earlier this week. It wasn't the Baylor game. It was. Aren't him and I think Sexton it was Alabama. Yeah, yeah, it was the yeah, Alabama. Game. Yeah. Okay. So they Perfect. played at Alabama. Alabama won that game. Trey Young did not play well. College, I think, everyone in, on Alabama, by the way, has like that kind of Marvin Bagley. I told you that it's yeah. insane. Like I couldn't even tell yeah. who was who. Like you know, John Petty looks exactly like this other wing who looks exactly like Sexton. Like this they is all a, look the same. It's a scary
1: trend in college hoops <laughs> where. All the players try to look like the best player, so that when the scouts come, it's just like, "Wait, is that? Oh, is that the good guy?" <laughs> we act like it's, they think it's they're thinking actually get drafted. Yeah, it's like it's you. You hope that a scout's watching you for like a full <laughs> possession because he thinks that you're somebody else.
2: Yeah. No, seriously. Well, that maybe that's an advantage for Trey Young and his like. Uh, whatever hair situation he's got going on, it's not good. <laughs> no, it's impossible to look. It's a red look, flag for me. It's impossible personally. to look like him unless you have like a Hollywood stylist that's trying to make him look like he's losing hair. <laughs> it really, it almost does look like a like a wig. <laughs> sure, yeah. I don't know what it looks like. It's a bizarre, I, okay, so I bizarre so
1: we, we but we talked about this matchup like a couple months ago, and I yep. I, I totally spaced on watching it. So tell <laughs> tell me about it because this this I might actu- watch it. This actually might be
2: the most instructive scouting
1: game of the entire college season
2: yeah i mean the west virginia game was interesting just because of the pressure that he faced and Mm -hmm. Trey young turned it over a bunch in that game didn't exactly pass that test with flying colors um but yeah i mean going up against the guy in sexton who like if there's a player and specifically another freshman in college basketball who would love to be the guy to like hold Trey young to a bad game like it would be colin sexton um and Trey Young didn't play badly you know he did have five turnovers but at 17 and eight took 17 shots which for him is not a ton um you know didn't really get a lot of help in this game Brady Manick who you, you would recognize as the tall white guy who hits all the threes and <laughs> okay. the Trey Young highlights he yeah, was one yeah. of seven uh but Alabama played well Alabama's good players I didn't really realize how well rounded mm-hmm. that roster was it's not like this was all that much of an upset um but then Trey Young went for 44 earlier this week against Baylor so I think he's back he was taking many more Trey Young shots than he had the last couple of games. No matter what, to me though, he's still going to be one tier below like the four or five really elite guys.
1: Yes, but
2: so did you emerge after
1: watching that, and just with all your other knowledge from the season, is who who would you take out of Sexton and Young?
2: I th- I think I would
1: because that's what uh, that's, that's what tough. makes that yeah. game so so great is that that's a legit. It's like those young, guys are right? probably next to each other on so many boards, right. and at that specific position, it's just only those two guys. After, yeah. After, known- I mean,
2: it's kind of like a, a redux of the "Would you rather have Fox, Neil Aquino, Smith" type of thing. I mean, obviously, it's only two guys, and you know, and Trey Young is so unique that it's kind of different. But it's well, I it think, reminds it's me of got to be Trey Young. It
1: reminds me of the ball Fox. Okay. Like, sure. Yeah. Matchup where actually,
2: yeah, that's a much better way to put it. Yeah. Because uh, you have and.
1: I mean Sexton almost plays on another gear than Fox even played on in terms of intensity and and that that's what kind of I think Sexton's better than Fox.
2: He might be. I mean, he's, I think if Sexton played at Kentucky, he would be a huge star. He's a badass. He's,
1: I think a lot of teams would love to have him, even if he. I mean, he reminds me in in terms of the way he plays, just kind of. Russell Westbrooky and just that he's yep. so fearless and so determined.
2: He's got a much better body at this stage than Darren Fox.
1: If he never becomes an all-star, it's not gonna be because he didn't put the the time right. and the effort in.
2: Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um Kevin Knox also went for what, thirty-five last weekend. Th- thirty thirty something, yeah. Um uh, look good. my boy Shy went for thirty. Yeah, uh, in that Vanderbilt game. Yeah, I, I was looking at highlights of that the other day. Kentucky won an overtime game against Vanderbilt, so they played 45 mm-hmm. minutes and had seven total assists as a team mm-hmm. in a win in overtime. Well, it's so Shy
1: Gilgeous-Alexander is their point guard, and he's pretty much always looking to score.
2: <laughs> So that that's to gonna that's
1: gonna hurt your assist totals if your point guard doesn't really.
2: They had three assists from the starters. I think he had Four like thirty assists, and me. like two. What, how many assists did
1: he have? Three. Yeah, thirty points and three assists from the point guard. So that'll. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen Kevin that's Knox wild. pass. Kevin Knox. Yeah, he took. I, what he are how many? And I'm going to look assists. this up. Okay, why don't you try to guess how many assists uh, Kevin Knox has on the
2: year? Is this like a Hassan Whiteside situation? I th- I think it's going to be close. <sighs> I didn't really notice too. Like Quade Green was kind of supposed to be the Kentucky point guard, and he's he's still a big factor for them. But he, he, Gilja Alexander is kind of taken over. Diallo had two points in that game. He okay. he should have just come out.
1: Okay, so twenty-two games. How many assists do you think he has? Knox.
2: Yeah, fourteen. Wow,
1: thirty-three.
2: But let so less than two
1: <laughs> less than two a game. Okay.
2: Less than two a game. That's not That's good all I'm saying. for a guy who handles the ball and plays. A large amount of minutes, That's and who good. should be commanding like doubles and what have you. That's how much do you put? How much stock do you put into assists in college? I don't really care for a guy like Knox. I care if you're a point guard. I, uh, I think I do care a little bit. Well, I mean, it depends what you sure. think the guy's ceiling.
1: Put is. it. I mean, put it this way: if he averaged four assists a game, that would be very interesting yes. because all of a yes. sudden you have a guy that you can that can create a little bit. But right. him just being like I, I sort of view Knox as kind of a uh sort of an auto porter type of stretch four where who i think he's a three i think in the nba he's a four we'll see how how tall is he six, six, six eight. Eight? I he's he's six nine I, he, he he's he's kind of got what some, about that he's guy got that like some baby four. fat too i i think he's yeah. big enough and he strong some baby fat on the
2: forehead yeah <laughs> i i just in today's game i think he's a he four looks too much sure. like kennedy meeks in the face like it it's kind of it's almost like when you play like old ps2 basketball video games only had like 10 different faces when you created a player yeah yeah. and it's like him and kennedy meeks just like ended up with the same one (laughs) uh i'm looking now i was gonna i was gonna make the point that oh like well kevin durant must have averaged like six assists at texas uh he averaged 1.3 assists per game yeah that's why that's why he's way lower than i would have guessed that's
1: why he's baby kevin durant (laughs) that's
2: what they call him Uh, (laughs) all right that'll do it for us uh we were by DraftDaily.com. Make sure to check that out. Make sure to read our stuff on the site. Do you have any cool baseball stuff that you want to plug quick? I know the the mag should be shipping out shortly.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, just posting once a week. I'm posting a mm-hmm. big article on prospects. Check it out.
2: Yeah, and uh, if you want your special edition magazine that has a Lasting's Millage um, 15th anniversary cover, <laughs> you have to contact me directly, nick at rotowire.com. Otherwise, the ones you're going to get are going to have... What, Jose Altave from the Astros? Is that how you say it? (laughs) Altuve. Joe's Altuve from the Houston Astros.